Please listen carefully. And now, live from the Zudio in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys flapping gums and being chums, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on our podcast is our monthly event that I like so much because I do not have to do much of anything other than crack-wise. I do all the work. It's Nerd Alerts. Nerd Alerts, Nerd Alerts, Nerd Alerts. For January. It is. 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. I thought I burned all my Nerd Alerts with the the end of the year, but there's still more news coming out. There's so much stuff coming out, and I've mentioned this before. I think it was on the last but we got so many assumptions coming up and we try to be timely with it but this is like a once a week podcast yep so we're doing our best (laughs) but we can't just we we'll get to talking about boba fett eventually we'll get to talking about hawkeye and yep yep we probably need to do spider-man the eternals there's just so much stuff coming out we'll get to it and it's weird that that's a complaint that there's so much good stuff out yeah. there. But hey, it well, is. Well, it's not it is. that it's a complaint, but you know, some people are like, "Why haven't you talked about this yet?" We'll get there. We'll get there because they dropped Witcher, and there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff. But you mentioned Witcher, that leads us into what I'm going to start my nerd alerts off with. Mm. It seems like this year is kicking off the fantasy media resurgence. Mm-hmm. More fantasy stuff is coming. Yeah. Marvel's taking a pause. Star Wars is taking a pause. Other than Book of Boba Fett. But we're getting a whole bunch of medieval, like, we're getting medieval on our media books. <laughs> uh, the first one, which I, it, it's hilarious to me, uh, it concerns Game of Thrones. I'm going to mm. bury the lead a little bit because we talked about Game of Thrones. Yeah. We talked about the last season. Mm-hmm. We did our positive reassumption on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, survey says, at least the internet says, kind of a letdown. Like, yeah. most people say the ending of Game of Thrones is thumbs down. Yeah. Game of Thrones is coming out with four spinoffs. Four? Four. They have two live action and two animated ones. Animated? Animated. Hmm. And then they, here's, here's the headline that I that caught my eye that I'll bring up now is that they planned and produced a pilot for a fifth spinoff, which was going to be the one that starts it, but they haven't even released any details about it. But they spent $30 million to do a pilot and everybody just said, nah. Really? Really. Was that the one about the House of the Dragon or whatever? House of the Dragon is one of the live action ones that is still in production and coming. Okay. But this was, like I said, I couldn't find any details on it. I think they want to just erase existence of it. Mm. But they they had Naomi Watts on board. They oh. were going to do something with Game of Thrones. But apparently this pilot was so bad, they were like, $30 million? Eh, let's do something else. Dang. But... They are doing, like you said, the House of Dragon. They are doing uh, the Tales of Dunkin Egg and two animated series. The Tales of Dunkin Egg. <laughs> what? That is the name of it. What is what? Is that? Uh, Tales oh. of Dunkin Egg spinoff would be based on A Knight of Seven Kingdoms, which is actually novellas that George R. R. Martin wrote. Oh, okay. So it's actually based on produced material, mm-hmm. but it goes back. It's a prequel. Mm, okay. So and same with House of Dragons. That's a prequel about mm-hmm. the House Targaryen. Yeah. So. The lineage that Daenerys comes from, they are still going to do that show later okay. this year. And it's still happening. My question is, like, has the Game of Thrones crew burnt their goodwill? Like, are people, mm. do people want more Game of Thrones? Right, right. 
First of all, I want them to give our podcast $30 million <laughs> if they're just going to waste money like that. We can do something with it, and <laughs> that's going to be better than whatever you won't air. I hope you like stop-motion claymation, because yeah. that's probably what I'm going to do with yeah. $30 million. Hey, yeah, let Tim Burton this. But, yeah, man, hmm. we kind of we did that whole thing where we looked at the positives of what everyone was being negative about uh-huh. because that's what we try and like to do. Because really, I mean, it wasn't that bad as far as one. It was just like we had said at the time, there's a lot of like, well, George R. R. Martin isn't involved in this anymore. So who are you to finish it type thing? So And it was it had a that series ex- that was unfinished. Yeah, it had that extra scrutiny. I don't know if he's ever going to finish it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> that's always the conundrum. I know, right? But you know what, though? I, I'm willing to bet people forgot. Everything moves so quick Absolutely. nowadays yep. that uh, people forgot. I mean, I'm sure there's some hardline nerds out there who will, you know, worst idea ever. <laughs> but I think the general public that liked Game of Thrones probably forgot about it. They were like, oh, yeah, that should. I think they'll remember it as a whole yeah, and yeah. be like, yeah, that show was good. Because that was my argument going into it is like everybody fairly, I guess, poo-poos the last season. Fine. They were going off script. They were doing what they wanted, and they didn't really give it much care. Mm-hmm. You still had like seven or eight seasons before that Yeah, that was an interesting world and fascinating mm-hmm. characters and fantasy done in its own unique style. Mm-hmm. Like Game of Thrones does set the lane of like we're doing this type of fantasy, mm-hmm. you know? It's not Lord of the Rings. It's not Willow, but mm-hmm. it's its own thing. Yeah. So if they're taking that principle and actually putting effort into it, I I would buy more Game of yeah. Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what they do. I'm all for more fantasy stuff. I am kind of interested in the House of Dragons thing because they did give us a little bit of that in Game of Thrones. There were flashback things yep. and things building up to that. So that's more of a direct tie-in. Um, I don't know about the this night thing. That might be interesting. But what are the anima- anim- animation seems weird to me because, like you said, yes, they kind of made this kind of HBO rated R adults fantasy lane. True. But wh- anytime I think of animation, unless it's um you know anime from Japan, I really don't think about adult material in animation. Doesn't seem to happen much in the western world it's usually in the fringes like heavy metal or stuff like that yeah yeah and it's usually campy i wish i could add more details the only thing that I have announced is that there's two animated series hmm. based on game of thrones property in production hmm. okay that seems weird that's the thing that seems weird to me the live action stuff yeah let me see it yep. I'm, I'm on board animated stuff i'm like what are you doing here because anytime you're trying to get people in on it early yep. like young because that's always weird for a property that's a very, I mean, it's a hard R. Oh, very, very much so. Yeah, so, I don't know. But maybe, like you said, because they're, I mean, when you think of anime and animation, you do think more kid-friendly, fam- family-friendly stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe that they're hoping to fit into that pocket where it, it yeah. is niche, sure, but here's anime for yeah. adults that has hmm. blood and boobies and dragons. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's the riskiest thing of this Game of Thrones thing, I think, is the animation because you've created this. This is our lane, and you're either going to stay in, animate it and stay in the lane. There you go. And do something that's really, as far as Western animation goes, isn't kind of, it's a fringe, like you said, like heavy metal. It's more fringe. Yep. So that's a risk. Or you're going to try and make it family friendly, which 
isn't what you're about. It's not your lane anymore. That's not, not Game of Thrones so, at all. Yeah, so it's not Game of Thrones. So what is, you know, yeah, that's the animations, the risky bit. Uh, the cynical part of me thinks that maybe just it's budget concerns. Like, we know George R. R. Martin is a world builder just like Tolkien was. Mm-hmm. For all the Game of Thrones books that do exist, we know there is history and lore in there. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just cheaper to do the supernatural stuff in animation. But yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but continuing on the fantasy tip, we mentioned George R. R. Martin and we mentioned Tolkien. And Tolkien's mm-hmm. coming back. They are doing a Lord of the Rings series through Amazon coming out this year. Oh, okay. There were rumors because this show has been sort of in development hell since about 2017. Okay. But now it's getting the, the go-ahead, and rumors were that it's, it was just going to be a TV series sort of rehashing the trilogy that we already know and love. Mm-hmm. Or I know and love. Are you a fan of Lord of the Rings? The yeah, movies? of course. So this one is actually going to be completely new. It is going to be a prequel. I guess, you know, that's what we can thank Star Wars for that. Mm-hmm. But it is a prequel. But the biggest stat point in the headline for me is that it's a guaranteed five seasons, and the first season is estimated to come in with a budget of $450 million. Whoa. For comparison, Game of Thrones, a season was $90 million. Wow. Whoa. Dang. So $450 million wow. Amazon paid to do Lord of the Rings. Wow. And it's not even the Lord of the Rings that we know. The details that I have for Lord of the Rings is that uh, the trilogy took place in the Third Age. With mm-hmm. Frodo and Bilbo, yep. even The Hobbit took place in the Third Age. Mm-hmm. The the deal that Amazon made with the Tolkien estate is that you can't touch anything in the Third Age. Okay. It's written. It's been performed. Okay. It, it's canon. Mm-hmm. Can't touch it. Right. Go back to the Second Age. Do whatever okay. you want because it hasn't been fleshed out. Oh, okay. So there are rumors that this might be like Sauron, the evil bad guy of the trilogy in his sort of like rise to power. Right. Okay. When the rings were actually created. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get the elves, younger elves. That's it. Who are still old, but (laughs) they're a hundred years younger. It makes a difference. I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, that's the hook, right? The fact that there are characters in Lord of the Rings who were alive back then and viable. Oh, absolutely. Even Gandalf and all those guys, they're not really even humans. They're they're gods, but Tolkien had a different name for them. Mithril or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, Yeah. There is a lot of extra stuff that he wrote and there's lots of notes and there's lots of content that they can pull from. For sure. So it'd be interesting. I mean, you kind of like get into the the danger zone of like Star Wars prequels don't you know be careful <laughs> yeah but with that kind of budget and hey also let's give props to Amazon for ordering like telling them how much they got how exactly. many series they got cuz that was our complaint about Cowboy Bebop 100% was that you didn't tell them what they got so they left it kind of on a cliffhanger sort of yep and that's very unsatisfying pulled the rug right from under right. them so i don't understand why like Amazon did it, why can't you do it? There's no reason not to say to a creator, all right, we're giving you a season. Yep. Then we'll see what happens. So just make it contained. Put it in a tidy little bow at the end of the season. That's it. And that's very doable. Absolutely. Or like this, you get two seasons, you get three seasons, you get five seasons like that. I think we're biased as graphic designers. Like if we know the parameters, we're happy to execute within them, yeah. you know, but... Yeah, well, I'm with you. So kudos to Amazon at the jump saying you get this much. You get five seasons. So 
I mean, I love Lord of the Rings. I've never, I, I'm not one of the nerds that's dipped into the Cimmerillion yeah. yet, which is apparently the Bible. But it is. It has like the lore and the history and. It does. And it's, it's not like a, those are almost the notes I was talking about in a lot of ways. It's, yeah. it's not really written as a story story. It is very much like the Bible and like it's like the begat sections of the Bible. <laughs> begat them, begat yeah. this, begat uh-huh. those, begat these. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited for it. I love that world. It doesn't necessarily have to be Frodo and Gandalf. Like no. They come from a lineage of people that were proto Frodo and Gandalf. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to get more of it. Um, it, I do have a tangent, though, and this is sort of a lead-up to a, a pre-planned rant, so here it comes. Oh, okay. Because in checking the announcements for this Lord of the Rings series, a lot of people spoke up because Amazon recently did a fantasy, uh, are currently doing a fantasy series. They're doing The Wheel of Time. Yeah. Which is Robert Jordan, about as expansive as Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and people are super grumpy about it because the show is different from the books. Okay. I have aggressive positivity against that. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if this is old age or if this is Star Wars nerdery and us having conversations that Mm -hmm. changed me. And I think we mentioned this was Cowboy Bebop, but like, so Wheel of Time as a book series exists. Yeah. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I've, I've read it twice through, maybe three times through, at least twice through. Wow. Love the books. Those are a lot of books to read twice through. It's 14 books. Yeah. I'm watching the series. Mm -hmm. It's on Amazon. It's wonderful. I give it two thumbs up. Okay. Is it different from the books? Yes. Is that a bad thing? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I'm more of the opinion now that I don't really want a note-for-note recreation of something mm-hmm. because that thing already exists. Right. Go read the books. Right. They exist. Exactly. The Wheel of Time is now, like, I guess the artist remix of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm going to take these same pieces or the pub, like the the stickers we were talking about with Cowboy Bebop, and I'm just going to rearrange them a little different. Mm-hmm. Hit the same beats, but tell a different story. And I kind of love that, but I think I feel like I'm in the wrong with that. Well, I mean, it's the this is like the nerd question of our age. That's it. Really? This goes back to the uh, Star Wars erasing of the extended universe. There you go. This goes back to people not even 100% knowing that Star Wars was erasing the extended universe and then going to see the sequels and wondering where the solo twins were, you know, and all, and all the things that happened in the EU books there, there was a lot of people who were confused and upset because they were like, what, what are they doing? This isn't what was in the books. And part of that was as someone who loved a lot of those books is that there was so much EU stuff done that a lot of them contradicted each other gotcha. and didn't like there wasn't a whole lot of continuity between those EU books. Because it was a whole bunch of different people playing with the same toys. Exactly. Which is weird to me because if you did read, a, I think a lot of people just read like one series of them. Yes. And thought that was everything. But if you like me read tons of the EU stuff, you realize that there was all kinds of different things going on that didn't match up. Gotcha. And, you know, I think a lot of people just read the stuff with Thrawn in it and mm-hmm. and that whole arc, and that was it. And they were like, okay, that's what happens after Star Wars. But there's so many. There's so much stuff. Books, comic books. <laughs> there's a comic book with some crazy rabbit in it and stuff. You know, I mean, it's like there, there's so much stuff. And I guess to me that was other people playing with Star Wars, so I got kind of used to it. Gotcha. So when stuff happens, like you're saying with the Wheel of Time, 
it's kind of like, okay, you know, this is an interpretation of it. And I don't, I don't know why, but you're right. People want to see a beat for beat, note for note, note for note, recreation of it. I mean, have people always been like that a little bit with like when they make books in the movies? Sometimes. It's an internal debate. It's like the book was better or the movie was better. I don't think there's many arguments for the movie was better, but that's always been the comparison. Right. And that has all that's yeah that's a time memorial comparison and i'm uh, guilty of it too i'm this is a new right. this is a new mindset for me right well you know and and the excuse for movies always was is you only got a couple hours to do something that's in a book that takes you more than a couple hours to read true so that was always the excuse and when you're making a series you have more time so i get technically you could go beat for beat if you wanted to but you know what i blame mikey <laughs> Tell me. I blame books on tape. Audiobooks are my favorite. Why do you blame them? Because audiobooks are literally a beat for beat of what's in the book, but you don't have to read the book. There you go. I think people are just lazy and they don't want to read the book, so they want the beat for beat, the show of the book. But that means you had read the book already, so why do you want to watch it again? I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a debate for our time. And I don't know if we're going to figure it out in this podcast. I don't know if we have time for it. But you did prompt me to ask a nerd question to you. And this is related to nothing but relevant to what we're talking about. Do you consider people that listen to the audiobook as having read the book? Or is is that something different to you? Well, they had the book read to them. There you go. I mean, so, yeah. So if I listen to an audiobook and said, oh, I read that, you would accept that. I'm sure I guess so <laughs> I mean I don't know how else you would say it we'd have to come up with a new word I listened to it like, yeah eh. I mean when your parent reads a child a story still counts it, it still counts I, I read my my kids uh, before they were at the right reading level for Harry Potter I read I don't I still don't think they've read the first few books of Harry Potter because I read it to them I think when I think we might have been on the third book by the time they were at the reading level where they could gotcha. get through it. So mm-hmm. I don't think they've read the first couple of the Harry Potter books. But they're Harry Potter fans? Yeah, and they know what happened because I read them to them. So, so. Then I, I argue that it counts. Yeah, it totally counts. Well, good. We're on the same page. There is a weird part of the internet that says, nope, audiobooks aren't the same. And I'm like, uh, cool it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. But yeah, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I mean, it seems like you get just as much criticism from a certain segment of the population if you literally beat for beat did what was in a book. Yeah, it's like there's no surprises. You know what's going to happen. It's like, good job. You recreated it perfectly. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I don't know. Because like, again, it's just like I get they're recreating it perfectly, but the fact that I'm watching Wheel of Time having read the books twice and they're doing something new, it's something new for me. It's something new for me to enjoy yeah. rather than just being like, okay, they did what I expected them to do. Right. Why am I watching this? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I think if you look at it in the way we kind of touched on with Cowboy Bebop that it's like a kid playing with the action figure playset of that property. That's it. And you're going to do something different. And it doesn't mean it's not entertaining when you're playing with your friends and doing other things different. But like we said, don't be that friend who's like, oh, no, Han Solo would never do it. He didn't do that. He needs to do this. You know, that kid, you're being that kid. You're being that old Star Wars nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're being that kid when you're just trying to have fun. And, you know, you want to imagine what would happen if, like, Princess Leia actually thought Lando was a pretty 
cool guy. See, there you go. You know, what's going on with Lando? Well, I'm looking sideways at Lando over here, says Princess Leia in my little world, you know what I mean? But, you know. You're shipping them, I get it. Yeah, but I, you know, but I'm saying... (laughs) Uh, certain things happen when you're a kid and you got action figures. See, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes it more fun and exciting. Yeah, it's imagination. Exactly. It's imagination, yes. Uh, just one quick uh, clap back to the Wheel of Time nerds. I can justify this with Wheel of Time logic. Oh. Yes, it's different. But guess what? The Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass. You might have read the book Age, but this is a new age. It's the same characters, but they can do things different because that's oh. how the Wheel of Time operates in the lore. Yeah. Ah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Take that. Multiverse. <laughs> Oh, uh, Robert Jordan did multiverse first, I think. Mm, yeah. Uh, but to wrap up our fantasy media news, on a good note, there's more information about Disney Plus Willow series. Oh, yeah. Did you see this? Yes, I did. So for those that are curious and have a love of Willow, which the trailer for this sort of hints that some people do and some people don't. But what? Why would you not love Willow? <laughs> we get to see a lovely British sort of... It strikes me as such a Matt Berry sort of interaction, (laughs) but we get to see Warwick Davis with only one W go around and introduce the cast of Disney Plus's Willow series, which includes Ruby Cruz, Erin Kellerman, Mm -hmm. uh, Kellyman, we know her as Emphis Nest from Solo, and she's also in Falcon Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. Ellie Bamber, Tony Revolori from Mm -hmm. Spider-Man as Flash, Amar Patel, and uh, Dempsey Brick. Mm Mm-hmm who had a whole bit about his name. His first name is Dempsey. His last name is Brick. And Warwick Davis was having none of it. Delightful. That was the, that's the best way to do a trailer ever. It was delightful. That's it. I bring it up because we don't know. There are scant details about what the Willow series is actually mm. going to be about. The one thing we do know is it's not a prequel. It's not a retelling. They're actually going to pick up the characters like as they would have aged. Yep. They made a comment in the trailer, like, are they going to de-age your face, like, Irishman style to Warwick Davis? He's like, no, they're not going to Irishman me. A great bit. (laughs) But that holds true to the series that's coming out. It's sort of picking up where we last left off the story. Mm -hmm. So thumbs up for that. The the thing I found most endearing about the trailer is that usually when you get a cast that gets along that well, Mm -hmm. it means they're having fun making something. And if you're having fun making something usually translates to fun things are coming out. Yes. Yeah. I don't, I mean, Warwick Davis is such, he's so good. He's been such an ambassador for Star Wars for so long. Oh, true. I'm showing up at conventions and hosting panels and all that kind of, I mean, he's a delightful, delightful man. (laughs) And I'm just so excited that, well, first of all, you said some people were, if you don't like Willow, you just go find another podcast. (laughs) <laughs> Fair, valid. I, I mean, Willow's Willow's delightful. I mean, it's just it's, it's George Lucas and Ron Howard. Yep. I mean, you should have made a prequel anyway. Um, <laughs> and, and but I mean, it's it's George Lucas doing fantasy versus sci-fi, and it's and, its own thing. Even yeah. even being restricted to the fantasy genre. Yeah, it's. I've always loved Willow. I love every minute of it. And it's one of my favorite fantasy movies. Uh, we, there's a lot of good ones in the 80s. Oh, for we sure. Kinda, people kind of sleep on how much good fantasy was was in the 80s. Yep. I mean, Neverending Story. That's it. Willow. Legend. Legend. Uh, yeah. Um, Excalibur. Uh, Excalibur. Oh. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> um, Lady Hawk. That's it. Oh, come on. 
they were doing good fantasy in the 80s. That's why I started Nerd Alerts off with all this fantasy talk, because I love me a fantasy resurgence. Yeah. And, like, Witcher 2, Witcher Season 2 is out. Yeah. Wheel of Time is out, regardless of what you think of it. I mean, like, we're getting good stuff right mm-hmm. now. And I say, get on board or get out. I don't know. <laughs> but, yes, I'm very excited about to see what happens in with Willow in the future. It's going to be interesting. And it's Disney Plus, and yes, they're like a monolith now, and they put out a third of all the media we're watching. <laughs> I think that was the current report. But the world building they're doing with Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, like they know how to add to stories without mm-hmm. sort of, like we're talking about, it's not a one-for-one remake of something else. It's adding to the awesomeness. Yeah. yeah. They've been doing a real good job. You hear that, Disney? You've been doing a great job. Uh, but not Disney Plus related, and I did I, I lied. This isn't our last fan. This is this is our last fantasy oh, nerd alert. I'll uh, take it. I'll take it. I, I saw a headline. They're doing the Adventures of Maid Marian. They're bringing Robin Hood back. The Adventures of Maid Marian. Okay, interesting. Robin Hood's an interesting thing to me. Let's talk Robin Hood for a second. Give it to me. No, is, is isn't it interesting? Robin Hood's been done like so many ways till Sun. Who does anyone own it? Is that why it's been done so much? Is it just in public domain property? Is that why? I think it's in public because like, you have Errol Flynn, you have Kevin Costner, so you much. have uh, Men in Tights. They did a, yeah. a whole satire on it, the, like the uh, the Disney Robin Hood the Fox cartoon. You know, well, found, foundational. Yeah, for me. I mean, but there's so much Robin. They had a Robin Hood. Was that a series or was that a movie that had um. No, they did a series. Yeah. Uh, uh, like called, uh, maybe just called Hood? Something like that. Yeah. It's real recent, right? Mm-hmm. It has, um, what's his name? Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, yes. Yeah, there's that Robin Hood with Jamie Foxx in it. Like, they've done it a whole bunch. Yeah. But it seems like they're now getting out of the lane of just making it, oh, let's make it about Robin Hood. Now they are actually giving agency to his his fair lady. The story, as far as I can tell, is that Richard the Lionheart, who's an integral part of the story, is now no longer king. The sheriff of Nottingham, the eternal bad guy, is coming back. Robin's in sort of, he's sort of distraught and on the outs. And so it's up to Maid Marian to step in and save the day. Yeah, Jamie Foxx was in the 2018 movie Robin Hood. There you go. So Jamie Foxx, Russell Crowe, Kevin Costner, like there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Errol Flynn's the best, though. That's my two-cent hot take. <laughs> Old school. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch it. It's Robin Hood's an interesting character because he falls into that British King Arthur lore. I'm not saying they're the same thing. They're that, like, was this a real person? Yes. Both of them. Robin Hood's a later, a later character than King Arthur is, but it's really interesting that they have these kind of, like, it's like the British versions of, like, Paul Bunyan and... The American stuff, <laughs> the American. That's like that's American so, no, folk heroes. So yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of which, how why aren't we seeing more stuff with Paul Bunyan and, and the American folk heroes? And his big blue ox. Yeah, Casey we ha- Jones. We have the CGI for a big blue ox. Come on. Yeah, right. Casey Jones. Wait, Ninja Turtles? No. No, isn't wasn't Casey Jones the guy who yeah. beat the train <laughs> steam engine thing or whatever? I don't remember. Yeah. This is like stuff from sixth grade. But why aren't we doing, like, the American... That's a good point. American like, folklore. We dig the British ones so much. Right. King Arthur, Robin Hood. Why yeah. not the American versions? Of yeah. Johnny Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> a dark, gritty Johnny Appleseed. He makes trees grow and people. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're giving away too many ideas here. Yeah. we got to write this down. Assuming Productions, LLC, copyright. Yes, American folklore. We're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> 
anyway, yeah, I'm interested in seeing what's what's going to be happening with Maid Marian and what's going on. It's a world I like. It's a it's a story I'm familiar with, so I'm curious to see what what twists and turns they add to it. Because, like I said earlier, I don't want a beat for beat. I don't want another Robin Hood. Yeah, there's eight of them. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. Something in, in in a new lane, I'm totally down for it. And you can look for it around April 2022 is when it's projected to come out. Okay. But speaking of things coming back from our past, the funniest headline I think I saw is uh-huh. re- animation related, but hmm. Beavis and Butthead are coming back. Oh, fun. <laughs> Were you ever a Beavis and Butthead watcher? Oh, come on, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Gen X kid over here. It's true. That was like foundational. That was like... MTV and Comedy Central slash the Comedy Channel were the only two channels I watched in the 90s. There you go. Pretty much. Those were on my television set all the time. All the time. So, yeah, I've seen all the MTV stuff, and Beavis and Bedhead was right in there. I mean, come on. Live's one of my favorite bands, and they have one of the best (laughs) Beavis and Bedhead episodes. Yeah, because they're talking about the drummer in the The background. The drummer dancing around in the background with no drums. (laughs) Shut up. Beavis. <laughs> Damn it, Beavis. Oh, but like, it was such an era because I remember Beavis and Butthead like being the first show I could remember where people, like parents and like groups were up in arms like, oh, yeah. you shouldn't let kids watch this. Mm. Like, it was a little bit of The Simpsons, which I love and I've seen every episode. That is funny because I remember The Simpsons being like, people were upset with The Simpsons and now they're like a national institution. That's it. It's, it's hilarious. hilarious. It's an, yeah, institution for sure. That's the, one of the longest running sitcoms it's, ever. It's hilarious because I remember when it first came out and people were like, Bart Simpson's a bad influence on children. Beavis and Butthead for me, like that was a show my parents were like, don't watch this. Oh, wow. I know. I that still, makes you even watch it more. I yeah. still watch it. My yeah, brother let me course. watch it. Come on. But that was such a weird phenomenon, and I, I, I don't know if that's a pre-internet, like, doesn't exist thing. Mm-hmm. Like, now that you can watch everything, I'm sure they're, you know, you got to have some parental control over it. But I don't recall any sort of hubbub in the news like I remember for Beavis and Butthead. Oh, like, I frog mean, baseball, that's just uh, unnecessary oh, violence, yes. you know? Oh, greatness. And it's but, a cartoon. I, I mean, I, if you want to know my love of Beavis and Butthead, I went and saw the movie in the theater. Beavis and Butthead do America. Yeah, mm-hmm. Well, they're continuing that theme. So the announcement for Beavis and Butthead, Mike Judge is still the creator and yep. producer and everything. Legendary. They're starting out with a movie. So they're coming back with the feature film. Oh, cool. Just like uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America from 96. But in the agreement with that, it's a, it's going to start out with a movie, and they're going back to Comedy Central to do two seasons. Okay. So more Beavis and Butthead. Cool. Are they going to be teenagers still? Uh, no, if you actually go look at this announcement, you can see some sketches that, I don't know if this is a bit or not, but Mike Judge did some sketches. He's like, uh, so Beavis and Butthead are coming back out, but they have to take some time to get into shape. And he drew like old, like Gen Xers now. My like, age. Yeah. yeah. They have the dad bod. <laughs> I think Beavis has glasses. Oh my gosh. Uh, Butthead is balding a little bit. I kind of want the- it. I kind of want that. I kind of want that. Because, like, where does that go? Do they have, like, obnoxious kids that are just them? I, I kind of want that. That'd be perfect. Because that's the thing, is Beavis and Butthead, well, I guess I guess they were a shade younger than me, technically. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> Teenagers yeah. sitting around watching music yeah. videos. That's, what I'm, uh, that's one of the aspects I'm curious about, because, like, the original series was so focused on music videos. Mm-hmm. At least for, like, not the movie. The movie did its own thing, and I'm sure the movie coming back out will do its own thing. But if they go to a series, like, music video channels aren't a thing anymore. Yeah. But people are still making music videos. 
are they going to comment on those? Are they going to comment on YouTube? Are they going to comment on TikTok? Oh, yeah. Hmm. It's weird. Interesting. Well, I trust Mike Judge because he really, I cannot think of him disappointing me. Oh. Ever. I I put my hand up to say King of the Hill is one of the best sitcoms, Mm. animation or not, in, in TV history. Especially if you're like us and live in the DFW area. Arlen, I mean Garland, I mean yeah. uh, yes. Yeah, I mean it's it. For those of you who live in other parts of the world, King of the Hill is spot on. Very much so. Like the all those people live <laughs> in my neighborhood, every one of them. I think I've hung out in the driveway with guys that are just like yep. that. Mm-hmm. For sure. So another benefit for the Beavis and Butthead news is that if this leads into more King of the Hill, give it to me. Oh yeah. I want to see the Adventures of Bobby Hill as a, a grown oh, up. Oh my gosh, that would be really good. Oh my gosh. Know you, that's my purse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, you can check out the new Beavis and Butthead movie is coming to Paramount Plus in about July. So, oh, oh wow, that's, that's when it, soon. That's, that's when they're kicking it off. So, mm. check it out then. Uh, this is for me, but there's also speaking of the whole like animated TV show doing the animated movie, which mm-hmm. I think only a couple shows have done. The Simpsons did it, Beavis and Butthead did it, mm. but. I have a hard time coming up with other examples, but one of my favorite animated sitcoms, Bob's Burgers, Mm -hmm. is also getting a movie next year, or this year. Oh, fun. And it's going to have all the voice talent we know and love, Mm -hmm. which H. John Benjamin, love him. He's from Archer and Bob's Burgers Mm -hmm. as well, creator and voice. We got Dan Mintz. We got Eugene Merman and Christian Shaw. Love her. Yep. All they're coming back. There's a trailer out right now if you want to go watch it, and the best part about it to me is that they're bringing the musical aspect of the show in, because... That's one of the bits about the show that I love. There's usually like one song, and it's usually the son that makes it up or somebody makes it up, but mm-hmm. there's usually one song that features in the episode that's just like a funny lyrical interpretation of what's happening in the episode. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're doing that for the movie. Fun. I'm excited for that. Bob's yeah. Burgers coming out. 20th Century Films coming out May 27th. So for fans of Bob Burgers, be on the lookout for that. On the final of our childhood coming back to greet us in the face. <laughs> We have another trailer that came out, and that was the trailer for Bel Air. Bel Air. The retelling of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, the 90s sitcom starring Will Smith. Yes. Man, this is the whole thing about this is is a crazy story because the guy who's doing it had just made like a fake trailer for it like three years ago. Oh, I didn't know that part. Okay. And Will Smith saw it and said, We should make that. Oh, that's awesome. 100%. It's 100% awesome. So, I mean, we always joke about, I mean, everyone jokes about it. Saturday Night Live did the joke about the gritty version of the Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, the gritty interpretation of things was funny. But normally I would be like, what are you doing? But the just the story of this this guy, like putting a fake trailer out and Will Smith seeing it and saying, let's do it. And he's the producer on the new series, yeah. so he saw it all the way through. So, I mean, that's cool. That's Isn't that what everyone who puts something up on YouTube dreams of? Yeah, the star of what you make goes, I like this. You're like, you like a thing I made. Cool. But not only I like it, but... We're going to keep going. Let's do it. That's great. Let's do it. It's a great idea. And, I mean, it's interesting because it is as as goofy as that show was and as comic as that show was. I mean, the story un- underneath could be easily be a dramatic story. And that, and that's the thing. For people that may have not checked out the trailer yet, the new Bel Air series is a gritty, more realistic take on the same setup that was in the theme song of the sitcom. Yeah. 
And the sitcom was silly because it was a sitcom. Yeah. But all the same facts and players are still right. there. Why not do it more authentically? Yeah. I mean, everyone's still there. It's just like Will is in West Philadelphia. He gets in a fight. And, of course, it's grittier, so it's a more violent fight. Yep. And he ends up having to go to safety with his... Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil <laughs> in Bel Air. And everyone's still there. They haven't changed any of the characters. All the characters are still there. Yep. And he's even wearing his jacket inside out. And his crazy sideways hat and tie. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so, I mean, it's interesting to me. I, I, I'm actually very interested... That was another thing that was right in my wheelhouse at the time. I was the right age for when Fresh Prince was on. Yeah, yeah. And that show that show was huge. Absolutely. I mean, people don't realize this is why Will Smith is so famous. It's not because of the alien movie. He no. I mean that helped. Yeah. But no, Will Smith got all his cachet from that goofy sitcom. That sitcom even helped boost his rap career. Yeah, totally. Because of Jazzy Jeff. Like, that came from the show, and people were like, oh, I know the show characters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like that show a lot. And that show was one of those shows. It was the era of very special episodes. I was going to, okay, I was going to make this point, but continue. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not unexpected to be able to get to drama from there because they would do it sometimes and do it really well they would i mean a lot of those shows did very special episodes and i would i would really say like because you had like family matters try and do it and full house try and do it (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) where's simpatico it was like "Mm." but fresh prince would do very special episodes that would actually hit hard that when i think of fresh prince like the scenes that come into my mind is like what's still embedded in there is like the episodes where Will's dealing with his dad not showing up. Yeah. And Uncle Phil is the dad. Oh, yeah. And they're hugging, and it's a moment. Right. Like, but it's impactful. It is. It is. So, I don't know if it, we were young when we saw it. So, you'd think, though, being young and me seeing it would have made me more cynical to it. So, yeah, but it's a very special episode. That's what so, I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah. That stuff goes back to, you know, I think one of the reasons Fresh Prince works so well is because Will Smith and everyone who was involved in it. We're looking back to the like different strokes and those type of shows that oh were, for sure that they were kind of paying homage to, um, kind of harkening back to the Norman Lear shows. Oh for sure that were sitcoms, but they had a lot of serious subjects. They had very special episodes that weren't called that, but they would have some really serious episodes. They would have um, like social messages or yeah, family messages, totally, but uh, like pointed like. Here's right, what we're talking about. Right. They do that on, on, he did that on all his shows. And to me, that would like Fresh Prince is kind of a successor to those shows. Oh, for sure. I think that's why it works so well. As silly as it seems and the goofy theme song of the bidding, but everyone knows the lyric to that theme song. <laughs> Come on. It was great. It was great. And I think it kind of gets lumped in with some of the stuff like the Family Matters and stuff that was kind of on at the same time. Yeah. But I really think that show was a little bit above those shows. Absolutely. Yeah. If only like if only for the comedy bits too cuz yeah. like you say Carlton dance everybody knows what that right, is. Right. Right. My $2 bet for the Bel Air is there going to cuz Carlton in the trailer, it's all different actors, all new people, right, right. but most of them are up and coming. They all seem real spot on. They do. But Carlton now seems like the serious go-getter that he was supposed to be before Will made fun of him in the sitcom. Right. My $2 bet is that he'll, like, fake mock that dance 
and be like, no, nah, that's cheesy. Like, and then slip mm-hmm. into actual Carlton. But I guarantee we see at least like 10 seconds of the Carlton dance. I always, I, I really like that Will Smith is involved in this as oh, well. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what his take on it. And again, kudos to him for seeing something and then getting the person involved who made it. Yeah, I had no idea it came from a fan thing. That's mm-hmm. even better. Like, Yeah, you can go find the fan trailer that he did. It was like three years ago. Okay. And it's real interesting. Really good fan trailer. I don't know how where he made it because he's even got like a super nice house. Like if you had told me to find a super nice house to film in yeah. right now, I'm going to be able to. <laughs> we can go break into somebody's Highland Park house in <laughs> Dallas. We can't go to Bel Air, though. That's, yeah. that's expensive. But you can check out the fan-made trailer. You can check out the trailer for the reboot. And then you can check out the show. It's coming out on Peacock, NBC mm. streaming channel. And it's coming out February 13th. So, Oh, it's soon. The most immediate of what we've talked about. Soon. Is that Peacock free? Peacock is free. Okay. I don't even think they have like a paid... Like they do have ads every once in a while. But I don't think they do the Hulu thing where you can just... There's a tier without ads. It's just free for everybody. But mm. you have to put up with ads. Mm. I've been putting up with it to watch old episodes of Night Court, I think it is. There's uh, one of those old shows on there that I, I suffer through the ads mm, for because, I mean, mm. NBC, they have a, a long legacy. And then two silly little bits, tidbits to wrap up our nerd alerts. Tom Holland, we uh, talked about him a whole bunch on the last uh, last nerd alert because he's now the fantastic Spider-Man. I don't know what the superlative is for him, but... Yeah. He's in everything now because he just put out that awesome movie. But Tom Holland, and I know you aren't a fan of this, but I do want to get a, your take on it. Oh, what am I not a fan of? He pitched a young James Bond series. Oh, he pitched it? He pitched it. Oh. Which it, the, the headline, the story actually comes up. He pitched that, and it actually led to him being in the Uncharted movie because they sort oh, of reworked see. it to turn it in, like use pieces of that, I guess, to fill in the Uncharted movie. Mm which is going to be a prequel for Nathan Drake. Yeah. But it originally started out as conversations where Tom Holland is like, maybe I can play a young James Bond. Uh, he just wait and be the old James Bond when he gets older. <laughs> I mean... They're, 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 uh, no spoilers, but they're looking for the replacement for James Bond, so it's not out of yeah. the conversation. I love Tom Holland, but I don't think he's James Bond. He's too amiable? Is that the word I'm looking for? He's too earnest and likable. Yeah, too earnest, I would give you that. Yeah. But James Bond is always, always supposed to be charismatic. Like, he's friends with everybody. I know, but he's, uh, he has... James Bond should always have that edge of danger, and he doesn't have that edge <laughs> of danger. I mean, I love you, Tom, but you don't have that edge of danger. No, he, he doesn't have... I don't. I sense no bad boy in him. Right. Yes. Exactly. He's too sweet. That's when James Bond is not sweet. Nope. None of them have ever been sweet. Nope. Every single guy who's played James Bond has a little bit of an edge to him. That's true. A little bit of darkness. Charismatic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Handsome. Yes. Debonair for sure. But there's that. There's an edge there in everything. Even Roger Moore has a little bit of edge to him. Oh, for sure. He's the not Timothy Dalton though. He's no, I'm just kidding. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just teasing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But Timothy Dalton has a, he does have a little bit of a manliness to them. Him, I would say though. That's it. I bring this up, and I wanted to pitch it to you this way because when I read this, my brain immediately went to Young Indiana Jones or the Adventures of yeah, Young Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Like, I didn't think that was ever going to be a thing. I loved Indiana Jones, and I loved the young adventures of Indiana yeah. Jones. Except for the little kid ones. Uh, even then, like... Yeah. Uh, so Those were kind of yeah to me. But. 
So when I heard the Tom Holland pitch that I was like, oh, he's trying to do young Indiana Jones, but young James Bond, please give me all of that. Mm. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm not the biggest James Bond head in the world. Yep. I mean, I know about it and I have opinions and so of who is the best James Bond in my mind. But <laughs> I, uh, yeah, but yes, the slot is open, but I don't think it's going to be you, Tom Holland. So. And unfortunately, I bring it up only to say that it's not going to get made. This is not an announcement right, right, for right, it. Right. But uh, just the the fact that that thought exists, I'm kind of curious to see if somebody else will pick it up mm-hmm. and follow through on it. Haven't a lot of people say Idris Elba is kind of the push for... That's the current rumor. Yeah, man, come on. That would be awesome. If you want to talk about someone who's charismatic and suave and has a little bit of an edge to him... Yep. Yeah. No, no he'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. My uh, Just to argue the other side of it, I think he's been awesome as so many things that aren't Bond. It'd be hard to just focus on him as Bond. Mm. Like, and that's not to discredit Idris Elba at all because he's awesome, but he's been Ironside. He's been mm-hmm. in, in uh, David Fincher movies, like mm-hmm. all that stuff. So, Do you want him to find some not as known person? That's, I mean, isn't that kind of, I don't, I'd have to look. Has James Bond always been a known celebrity when he's been cast? Like, I, Sean Connery was a big deal before he was Bond. Uh, well, but not that big of a deal. You're right? right. No, you're right. Not that big of a deal. And I think you're right. I think all of them were working actors, but I don't think any of them were. Well, Pierce Brosnan. It, it, that'd probably be the biggest argument. Yeah. He was he was the most famous. But Daniel Craig, like, yeah, he was only kind of famous before right. Bond. You're right. Mm, okay. So I'm I'm all for Idris Elba, though. I know. To me, it's kind of funny. To me, we were talking about British folklore, which James Bond is British folklore, too. (laughs) To me, it's like for the Brits to decide in a lot of ways. There you go. You know, for me, it's like as an American, I feel like I don't have a like I don't have a right to say it's James Bond is so British. You have to be from there to to make an opinion on it. That's what I'm serious. It's just like Doctor Who when they're like, Doctor Who's going to be female. And I'm like, okay. I feel like I don't have any say in what Doctor Who is going to be or who they're going to be or what they're going to be. But even that was an entire conversation. Yeah, so I know. I, 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 I'm with you. I say, let the Brits decide <laughs> and we'll enjoy it, you know, when it comes comes across the pond. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, not to purposely end on a down note, but I do want to oh. give a shout out to end out our Nerd Alerts. 2022 has got off to a bang of a start in mm. the fact that both Betty White and Bob Saget have passed. Yes. So wanted to give a shout out here to both of them. Both of them were foundational to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy to hear your thoughts on it, but just wanted to give a special shout out to Betty White and Bob Saget. Uh, just amazing people. For sure. Bob Saget's the most shocking. He wasn't that old. And it like literally at time of our recording, it happened like a day or two ago. Yep. And I'm still kind of reeling from that one a little bit because, yeah, he was... I'm between America's Funniest Home Videos, uh, Full House, and his stand-up was so good because it was so different. We like we do a podcast because we love podcasts. A lot of the podcasts we love are from comedians, mm-hmm. and they've had him on. He's been on so many of them, and that's the type of thing where I mean, I sent a text message to my friends because of hearing the my comic heroes talk about this guy. Yes. And and if if you have people in your life that you haven't told that you love them lately, tell them you love them because you never know when when they're going to get taken away. Absolutely. Um so that's important. Betty White, I wish she would have made it all the way cuz it's really close to her birthday. Um I I have an argument yeah. for that. I'm sorry. Everybody's everybody's so caught up like, "Oh, she didn't make it to her 100th birthday." 
She was born year zero. She lived 100 years. She made that achievement. Oh, that's true. She didn't make it to the birthday. Yeah. But Betty White survived 100 years more than any of us. That's true. And Golden Girls was foundational to me. I mean, I know she was on Mary Tyler Moore and a lot of other things, but Golden Girls always holds a special place in my heart because my Italian grandfather was a kind of, I guess you would call him a stoic man. Mm -hmm. He didn't speak very much. He didn't say a lot of things. I can almost remember everything he's ever said because he didn't say a whole lot. Gotcha. And he used to watch Golden Girls in the 80s, and it was like, the only real time I heard him laugh super hard. Nice. Golden Girls cracked my grandfather, my old Italian grandfather up. And it was, it's delightful. So just that alone. And I remember when Golden Girls showed up on streaming and I was like, let's see if this holds up. Golden Girls holds up. Uh, That show is funny. And classic. Yeah, classic. So yeah, rest in peace, Betty White. Rest in peace, Bob Saget. Thank you for all the entertainment that you've given us through the years. Not to be too on the nose, but thank you for being a friend. Yeah. Oh, yes. Travel down, down the road, road and back, back again. <laughs> hmm So, uh, yes, like Kevin says, reach out to your friends. Let, you know, let them know you care. Join us in our love and commiseration for Bob Saget and Betty White. Yeah. But that's my nerd alerts. Those are great nerd alerts. And I don't think that's ending on a downer. I think it's ending on a positive thing because, you know, we're sending the love out there and we love you guys for listening. Thanks so much for listening to us. We also want to thank our really good friends who we love. That guy, Brad, for um, doing our announcing, Natska Productions for our equipment. Uh, We also want to thank Jazzar over there in France doing our music. And we want you guys to hit us up on all the socials at AssumingPod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I always ask Mikey, hey, Mikey, when people Gmail us, assumingpositions at gmail.com, how do you want it formatted this week? Um, only because I'm still thinking about James Bond a little bit. I want secret message. I want a secret code. That's okay, like, cool. Hawk flies at midnight. My opinion is this. <laughs> Meet me at the rendezvous. No cops. <laughs> nice. Come alone. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to, again, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week with some more fun stuff. As I said, there's going to be tons of assumptions coming up about all kinds of things. We'll see you in the future. Thank you for being a nerd.